Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Today on the podcast, we have part two of our conversation with Dr. William Daly, who serves as CMIO at Golden Valley Memorial Healthcare, located in Clinton, Missouri. This episode will concentrate on our conversations surrounding genomics. Dr. Daly shares how the team at Golden Valley is using genomic tools within Meditech software to have a positive impact on the care they're providing and why he thinks genomics is the future of healthcare. Please enjoy the podcast. Uh, the latest one is pharmacogenomics, and we've been alive on that. I think it's coming up on 120-day data. We're going to start pulling for efficiency and things like that. So that's our kind of next big thing. And that's going to be a long-term growth opportunity as far as genomics, I would say, as far as primary care is really at its beginnings right now. Certainly, there's some precision medicine being done at University of Chicago and some of the bigger hospitals, and certainly oncology uses a lot of uh, genomics, but it's not really penetrated much into the primary care realm. I think we're really eager to see how that goes, you know, as far as the payers and as far as clinical practicality and things like that. So those are the things that we're kind of organically expand into with this next kind of phase here. Very cool. So let's let's go ahead and talk about some of the genomic stuff. You know, that Meditech has been talking about genomics for, I don't know, five or six years, it seems like, and getting into at keynotes at Muse or HIMSS or things, they, they keep talking about the genomics and how the system has the capability to monitor it and how important it is. And I never heard of anyone actually implementing it until I saw the article they published that said you guys had gone live with the toolkit. So as you mentioned, to me, that's something that you would see at, you know, a major research hospital or some sort of big, you know, conglomeration or something. So I was really excited and surprised to see it come from a community health center in northern Missouri. So tell us a little bit about how you pulled that off and, and what made you pursue that? Well, a big thing is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, rate or oncology generally is a pretty big deal around here. Try to take care of our patients. So when I was approached about it, I thought, well, I, I think it sounds good, but how's it going to really help us here? Um, certainly for oncology, it helps a lot. And as you can see, we're moving further and further into this oncology business, whether it be medica- medical oncology or radiation oncology. And, and so I saw that as a natural fit. The challenge with genomics, in my opinion, from an informatics perspective and from a physician perspective, is there's no foundation. EMRs generally, foundationally, are not prepared for genomics data. There's no tab for genomics normally in an EMR, at least any of the mainstream EMRs. Uh, There may be some, you know, vendor products to where you can spawn out and do some genomics, you know, as far as archiving genomics and putting some discrete data. But by and large, it was a story of PDF images. You know, you you oncologists would order a test, then what they'd get is a PDF back, and then they'd have to sort through that if they could find it. And it was usually an image type file. 
no way to track the data within that, no way to compare visit to visit. In the case of like BCR ABLE, there are going to be some trendables. There's no such thing as trendable genomics in any EMRs and very little discrete data. So I was curious when they brought it up because I thought, okay, so we're going to have just another tab that's fancy way to store PDFs because I hadn't seen any ontologies associated really that were mainstream with genomics. I'm sure at University of Chicago they have them. You know, I've gone to presentations on precision medicine out there, but not not mainstream. Turns out, after talking with Hoda and professional services, they did have a big push, and Jennifer Ford was involved also to really they'd kind of done all the groundwork on getting uh, things put in a discrete manner for tracking labs, for interfacing with, well, our top three, our Quest Foundation and Keras to bring genomics data in. And so then I saw, well, we do have a foundation here. Well, if we've got a foundation and we've got a need, I'm game to give it a try and see what blooms. In my opinion, it's clearly the future, whether it be for the medication side with the pharmacogenomics, some precision medicine, you know, beyond oncology, there are needs. Cardiology's got specific tests they like with respect to Plavix, for instance. There are genetic tests for GI, which I think many of the doctors find useful. And then, of course, oncology. So why not get in on the ground floor and establish the foundation so that it can start to procreate probably within primary care. Mm-hmm. It's also to get in as early as possible because having the data there in a format that can use your business and clinical analytics, for instance, to, to search discrete data, tracking some of the trendable genetic testing, I think is fantastic. Also to be able to tie genetic testing to tissue samples is another mm-hmm. thing. So they You can link that all together. So you do a breast biopsy, you can track the genetics of that or a biopsy of something else, and you can have the genomics paired with the actual tissue pathology. And I I think that's fascinating. And so while we're not doing much genomics in a primary care setting, nobody is except for the big centers, we found it a good idea to set the foundation. Let's start there. Clearly, we have a need for it in oncology. And I think. That was that's what we're kind of hoping for, you know. So, so the future I see as being the important part, but you can't get to the future without doing something in the present. Sure. <laughs> so um, I can see how, let's say we roll this out to oncology, which we have, you know, having a progression, right? Starting to do it in behavioral health, then maybe some precision nutrition, precision medicine, and gradually have our primary care doctors, cardiologists, GI, see some of that kind of on the periphery. And we see it now. We already see it. We see it with, we have medication alerts that are pharmacogenomics-based that are just like any other medication alert. Hey, this patient may need a higher dose due to the way they metabolize this. Now, those are rare because we don't have a lot of the patients with the information that's there. But I think as that gets populated on more and more patients, it's it's going to kind of naturally progress to where like, oh, well, maybe I need to, I'm not having the response I want from selects on this patient. Let's, let's order this 
see how kind of metabolizer they are. And I think then it will grow. So I, I kind of see this as our kind of icon here, I guess you'd call it is a tree. And, you know, a tree has its roots. So I look at it as, as we planted a seed when we decided to head this direction. And then now we've got a, a, a little sapling with oncology. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, I think as time proceeds, we'll have the bark and the tree and the branches and the leaves and things like that. But I think it's a hard move if you don't have the infrastructure to get that done. And so having the infrastructure in place now and gradually expanding that is, uh, in my opinion, that's where it needs to go. And so you can't get there without planting a seed. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting to hear everything you're doing in that realm and just what that means to medicine in general. How are your patients responding to this? Being from Missouri myself, I know Missourians are pretty independent and kind of cautious and, you know, it's the show me state. So you have to show them what, what, uh, what you're doing before you actually do it. How are your patients responding and what kind of feedback are you getting from your patient community? Well, everything's very, very focused with the genomics that we do. We don't sequence people's entire genome at this point. <laughs> sure, so sure. I have not heard any, anything nervous. Now, believe me in, uh, time that I've been here, and especially in the last two years with COVID and all the kind of nonsense that I think went revolved around some of the, uh, I'd say, paranoia, things like that. I haven't seen any of that, but but I think we're very cautious. You know, I've had doctors bring up to me, hey, can we use this or that consumer genetics thing? I say, well, I don't know. Tell me about what you're looking at. Because they, because suddenly, you know, they hear genomics and they want to, uh, Link 23 and me and various other things. Well, we're not in the market of, you know, consumer genomics. So we don't do any kind of tests where you sequence the genome and we store their genome and things like that. I, th- I do think that's a slippery slope. And I do think hospitals have to be very, very careful about what information you get. You know, when I was in training in medicine, this genomics things were kind of just starting and and there were all kinds of ethical questions around genomics. I think it's as a provider, you know, as a primary care doctor, as a somebody that works closely with patients and with our facility, I think we've got a responsibility to only do the right thing for the patients. And I think we have to be very careful about what we're doing. So we don't do any kind of whole genome sequences. Everything's very targeted. And, sure. And I think that's the way it's going to continue. Because interestingly, when I was going over this prior to selecting, I was like, well, yeah, it'd be nice to bring in 23andMe. My 23andMe has my information on how I respond to this, that, or other medications. And they're Mm -hmm. legitimate, you know, it's a legitimate source of information. Mm -hmm. The problem is we don't really want to go into whole genome data and being responsible for that and having insurance companies potentially have access to it. And I think those are questions that we have to look at on down the road. For right now, everything's just very targeted, you know. And so when you come in with breast cancer or some other kind of cancer, lung cancer, for instance, and patients aren't really that concerned about how they're going to cure them or improve their life with that cancer, they're more concerned about, let's just get her done kind of thing. So. Right now, we we haven't stumbled on any kind of oddball ethical issues because Mm -hmm. it's all very targeted. I can Mm -hmm. see that being something on down the road, but I haven't heard any concerns there. As a matter of fact, all the feedback I've gotten 
you don't get much feedback from patients on this, you know, because a lot of this stuff, you know, quite frankly, most of us primary care doctors don't really understand all the mutations and this and that with oncology. Mm-hmm. Most of the feedback I've gotten is from the oncology providers in that they can find their information more quickly. They can trend some of their information that they never could do before. Like their trending was look at one PDF and then go back and look at another PDF and then go back and look at another PDF. <laughs> Where now you can trend BCR able just like you can trend weight, for instance. Right. Yeah. You can trend or you can, you know, look at somatic and somatic and germline mutations just with a click of a tab and it shows you exactly the the primary mutations but you always have your pdf document in the case of the ones that are interfaced via pdf you do have that document linked in the case of our other lab providers that just comes in discrete but i think there's also maybe an image associated with it but but it just allows increased efficiency we think we're getting ready to get the data on that, on the efficiency in oncology with, you know, an interesting thing about doing toolkits with Meditech and their professional services. And and I, I believe this is a benchmark that every organization and every project should do is before you do a project, where do you want to end up? What are the key things you want to improve? And before you even start the project, you need to come up with what benchmarks you're going to use to measure how well you got to where you meant to get to. And I think that's often overlooked and it's an afterthought, but I think you have to go into a project with that. And and the reason you have to go into every project with that is because foundationally, you have to know when you go in what you're trying to do and you have to have the correct data points so that you can measure that. And if you don't do that from the onset, you're not going to build it appropriately and you're not going to be able to track it. And then you're going to go back and try to go, I wish we would have been watching this so that we could prove that we did well on, you know, medications or patient badges or whatever. Same thing with when we did our opioid toolkit. And so that's all kind of part of the deal. When you do the project implementation, you come up with, well, what are our key indicators that we want to have? And do we have the the wherewithal to capture that data uh, from the outset because you want baseline data and and baseline data is only exists today. Once you get two years out, if you haven't captured your baseline data, (laughs) you don't have baseline data. So you don't know if you improved or not. And so I think that's a fundamental thing. So we're going to have that 120 day review pretty quick, reviewing ordering, reviewing usage and efficiency and things like that. So we've got our benchmarks and I don't have them off the top of my head, but they'll be coming back, coming down, and we'll be able to see how we did on efficiency, for instance. And it's become clearer and clearer as we've become unified with a unified system. The efficiency gains are clear. When you have the information right in front of you, it's much better than pecking around trying to find something in a PDF or, or in an image. You've got image storage and retrieval. You know, just even finding an old EKG at times in some EMRs is a challenge. Heck, on paper, it was almost impossible. So the efficiency gains are going to be there. We just got to prove it. And then we continue to move forward measuring and make sure that we continue to improve. And, And of course, we're bringing on additional lab vendors because oncology, our oncology is, it's an interesting blend. It's like a partnership setup where we have oncologists that work here, but they also work at other facilities. 
we have kind of a primary oncologist and some secondary oncologists that work here that order, you know, that every hospital has its own kind of direction that they do with their labs, reference labs. And of course, every specialty has their own direction that they go for reference labs. So we've, we've got to bring on our couple more uh, labs to bring that data in, but, and then uh, that'll of course improve efficiency as we go. So we're just going to continue to monitor to see how things are going for us here. Well, that's great. It sounds like you've started the project off right. I can hear your engineering background coming in there with setting the key performance indicators early in the project and making sure you have some way to measure success, which is very important. I think that'll make a great Muse presentation or or a white paper or something once you get the results for kind of the start to finish. And hopefully we'll see more uptake of this tool and, and see how it impacts healthcare across the nation, really. I mean, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it should be interesting. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We want to thank Dr. Daly again for his time today. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to more information on how Golden Valley is using the genomics tools within the Meditech software to further healthcare at their organization. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.